0: In my podcast, I will bring you interviews with not only these people, but also prominent local people who have helped shape the Hamptons. Welcome to Dan's Talks. Uh, This uh, edition of Dan's Talks is with Daniel Simone, who's written two bestsellers, uh, Lufthansa Heist and the Pierre Hotel Affair, both uh, about heists and crime, and uh, has uh, been coming out to uh, Amagansett for years from his home, uh, I think, up in Port Washington, and um, I wanted to uh, ask you, first of all, uh, how you got interested in uh, writing about these kinds of things, they're, they're very dramatic, some of them involve shootings, uh, and uh, what, uh, what made you think to write these, about these books?
1: Well, my writing aspirations originated when I was a, a very young boy. But of course, I had when I became an adult, I had to make a living like most other people, and um, I abandoned that aspiration. And finally, when I sold my business um, in uh, the year ninety-eight, I rededicated myself full-time to to writing. And the reason why I chose to write the um, the crime the true crime Gender is because uh, at that time. Uh, true crime was one of the most popular topics that publishers were in search of. So that was basically the only reason why I specialized in the true crime genre. And then one day at a fundraiser out in the Hamptons, I happened to run into Henry Hill. Henry Hill was the famous uh, gangster who is portrayed in the blockbuster film Goodfellas. And I approached Henry Hill. I proposed to collaborate writing a book with him. And right there and then we shook hands, we struck a deal, and we started writing the book.
0: And that was about describing in a few sentences just what the Lufthansa heist was about. In
1: 1978, eight gunmen parade into the Lufthansa cargo building at Kennedy Airport. They held the night crew captive and forced the supervisor, the night supervisor, to open the high-value vault. And the, at that, that evening, that particular evening, the high-value vault contained $6 million in cash and about $3 million in jewels. And, of course, they packed up all the money and the jewels into their van and got away without hurting anyone.
0: And uh, eventually, uh, did any of them get caught?
1: None of them were caught, but they were all killed.
0: Oh, God.
1: The, the organizer of the of the event of the robbery, his name was Jimmy Burke, and um he didn't want to share the proceeds from the robbery with his cohorts, and he decided that uh, he made a business decision that it was cheaper to kill them and that's basically what happened. The only reason why Henry Hill did not get killed is because he was smart enough not to demand his share of the of the heist. Instead, he uh, became an FBI informant and helped the government uh, convict Jimmy Burke and numerous other uh, gangster uh, associates uh, of that period. So he was very, very helpful in cleaning up some of the most undesirable elements in the New York area.
0: But uh, the the stuff stolen, I understand, was never found.
1: No, No, nothing was recovered. And for that reason... It stands as the largest unrecovered robbery, cash robbery, in history. There have been robberies of greater amounts of money, but none. This is the only robbery. The Lufthansa robbery is the only robbery where nothing was recovered. Wow! And no one was convicted for it.
0: Tell us about the Pierre Hotel affair. That's an even more interesting. Well, it's not. They're equally interesting, and they both remain as bestsellers.
1: Well, uh, before I describe the actual heist, I'd, I'd like to um, point out how I came to be, uh, be inspired to write about the Pierre robbery. Uh, it, one of the last surviving gunmen of the robbery, his name was Nick Sacco. He passed away about six months ago. He contacted my literary agent because he was looking for a an author, to write a book about three murders that he had witnessed, three brutal murders. So when he finally reached me, I said, I'm not really interested in murders. You know, murders, homicides happen every single day. There's nothing unusual about them. So I said, I'm not really interested. So I said to him, said, what else did you do in your criminal career? He said, well, I don't know if this means anything to you, but I was one of the gunmen of the Pierre Hotel robbery back in the 70s. And I was floored. I was absolutely flabbergasted. I said, you've got to be kidding me. Because when the robbery actually took place, I followed it in the news on a daily basis. It it was absolutely remarkable and sensational. So, again, we struck a deal, and we began collaborating, writing the manuscript.
0: What was so remarkable about it?
1: What was remarkable about it is that seven gunmen held the entire... Pierre Hotel complex under siege and
0: this is on. held captive on. the
1: guests who were still um, roaming around the lobby. This, this occurred at 3 o'clock in the morning.
0: On Fifth Avenue in Manhattan.
1: Correct. 61st Street and Fifth Avenue. It's it, The Pierre Hotel has been billed as one of the most exclusive hotels in the entire world. So the seven gunmen held the entire hotel under siege. They held the, uh, the night. Crew captive, and they also rounded up several uh, guests who had who were still roaming around the lobby that late that early morning, and they proceeded to uh, break into the uh, safe deposit boxes that the guests uh, held and uh, walked out of there with about twenty six million dollars in cash and jewels.
0: Why were the uh, why was there so much jewelry in the uh, boxes?
1: This happened. The day after New-, uh, New Year's Day, it was a weekend. So the banks were closed from Friday, from, fr- from that Friday afternoon until the following Tuesday morning. And the guests had nowhere to uh, safe keep their belongings, their uh, valuable belongings. So they, they used the safe deposit boxes uh, of the hotel to store their cash and valuables. And that was the reason why they chose that particular weekend to to pull off this robbery.
0: But he was out partying and wearing all those jewels the night before.
1: Right. Correct. The day before. Correct. So, they, they again, they, they were a group of gentleman thieves. They did not harm anyone. And at the end of the robbery, before they left, they gave each of the captives, each of the hostages, a $20 bill in gratitude for their cooperation. <laughs> <laughs> that was and, a parting gift that they gave to the to the hostages.
0: Were they ever caught?
1: No. No.
0: no. Well these, these No are, one was
1: ever caught.
0: they are remarkable tales. Yes. Uh, I understand from uh I've seen you on TV talking about these. I you were on uh last night, as a matter of fact, on uh, the his the history channel talking about the uh Pierre the Pierre affair and uh and uh, and there you were. Uh, they walked everybody through it for an hour.
1: Yes. yes. Wow. They were, they, this, it was on last night. It was one of the episodes of the newly launched uh, documentary series titled History's Greatest Heists. Excellent. And last night's episode was about the peer robbery, which was um, uh, adapted from, from my book.
0: Who was the uh, host on that?
1: Who narrated the episode uh, is Pierce Brosnan, the James Bond actor, the very handsome James Bond actor.
0: Well, it was, I watched you there. It was quite something. Thank um, you. How did you I'd, come- like,
1: I'd like to point out a, a, an event that ha- that occurred during the robbery, which is really, truly sensational,
0: okay. if I may. Sure.
1: One of the hostages was an elderly gentleman. And because he, he became so frightened, by being handcuffed by these, you know, gunmen, he started displaying symptoms of of, uh, a heart failure. So what the robbers did, they suspended the robbery, they placed all the captives inside the vault where the safe deposit boxes were stored, and they called 911. (laughs) So the police came, ambulances came, they took the the, the elder gentleman into an ambulance, and brought him to Lenox Hill Hospital, where he later survives a heart failure. Wow. After the police left, they resumed the robbery.
0: See. <laughs> How long were they? did they have a, the hotel under their control? This is two and a half, half hours. From three to almost six, yes.
1: Yes. They had to leave by 6 a.m. because they knew that at 6 a.m. the morning shift would be coming in. So they wanted to vacate the premises before the hotel's morning shift would start trickling in.
0: And this gentleman who approached you about this and told you about this, who was participating in it, why would he, since nobody had been arrested, and this is when he spoke to you, which was not so long ago, why did he uh, want to do that? Is there some time limit on how how long you can, you can go after a robbery or something?
1: Well, yes, the time limitation is five years.
0: I see.
1: But uh, th- there were there were some additional extraordinary circumstances surrounding him. He was in the Federal Witness Protection Program for an unrelated crime. I, I mentioned earlier that he, he had originally contacted me because he wanted to write a book about three murders that he witnessed. Well, he testified against... The the um, the killers of those three murders, and for that reason, he was forced to go into the federal witness protection program. When he did enter the federal witness protection program, he was given complete immunity for any other crimes that he might have committed.
0: Tell us a little about what's upcoming for you. Or are you working on a new book, or and uh, what uh, TV? Where can people watch you on TV? Uh, as you talk about these things on documentaries and so forth.
1: Yes, uh, I'm uh, currently finishing a manuscript uh, and it's about the uh, the French Connection heroine. If you may or may not recall the movie titled The French Connection from, from the 70s. Yes. I believe your, your old friend Roy Scheider was one of the protagonists of the movie.
0: Yes, he was.
1: And um, it was very successful and it, it was based on a true story. And the movie ends where uh, the New York City narcotics detectives impounded the vehicle with which the French smugglers brought in the heroin into New York City. They impounded the vehicle, and they found the the heroin stashed inside the fenders of the car. But the robbers fled back to France, and they were never caught. But what the NYPD did, they stored the heroin, the confiscated heroin, at the New York City property clerk's office because they were optimistic that someday in the future they would be able to capture the French smugglers. And if they did, they would have needed the the heroin as evidence. While the heroin was stored at the New York City property clerk's office, someone stole it. (laughs) Someone replaced it with flour. They actually, they, they replaced the heroin with flour. The district attorney... And the uh, U.S. attorney were convinced that three former NYPD detectives were the culprits. And to pressure them into a confession, they um, uh, the, the, the U.S. attorney prosecuted them for income tax evasion. And they were, all, they were the three of them were sent to prison for five years. Yeah. When they came out of prison, they, and of course they were absolutely innocent of the of the, of the French Connection heroin. Um, uh, Uh, robbery. They had nothing at all to do with that. But one of the three detectives, when he came out of prison after five years, he made a concerted effort in investigating who actually stole the heroin, or more accurately, who substituted the heroin for flour. And he discovered that another former colleague of his, who had not been under suspicion, that, that that detective was the actual perpetrator,
0: wow. and
1: uh, and that's how the story ends.
0: And uh, you're out here summers with the, with your family, and and uh, how do you how do you like do you work out here as well as in, in at home in Port Jeff? I,
1: I, I discovered the Hamptons in the mid '70s in a very very unusual way. At that time, I was importing special cars from Europe, cars that were not available in the United States. And they were very, very unique automobiles. And what I would do, I would take uh, one of the vehicles out to the Hamptons on on a weekend, park it in the um, Indian Wells uh, Beach parking lot with a for sale sign on it. And in most cases, most of the times, before the weekend was over, I was able to sell the car. And I became enamored with the uh, Hamptons region of Long Island. And ultimately, I decided to, you know, purchase a home out there. And that's where uh, my wife and I, you know, spend our summers.
0: Well, it's been wonderful talking to you. And uh, I'll I'll uh, look forward to your French Connection book and, uh, and see you win more TV. And uh, let me know what happens. Speaking
1: of TV, not this coming Tuesday, but the the, the following Tuesday, in other words, two weeks from yesterday, the History Channel will broadcast another episode of History's Greatest Heist, and that episode will feature a documentary based on my Lufthansa Heist book.
0: Great. That's wonderful. And uh, I will talk to you soon.
1: My pleasure, Dan.
0: Bye.